Well, this morning as we continue with our missions weekend, I've already talked a little bit about Mitch and Debbie Martinez and their work in the Dominican Republic. We had dinner with them last night, a great couple dedicated to God's glory, and the Dominican Republic have been working hard for years, 24 years in the Dominican Republic. That's wonderful. Our church has gone on four different trips to the Dominican, three of those with the Martinez's and, and partnering with them. And so it's great that we finally get to host them here. We've been going there, but now we get to host them. We get to show some hospitality, and so we're so grateful for them coming. Uh, we're going to start with a video so that you can get an overview of what they've been doing in the Dominican, and then they're going to come and share their hearts this morning. If we could share that video. Since 1992, Mitch and Debbie Martinez have been working as missionaries in the Dominican Republic. They have been instrumental in planting six congregations in their province and also are the founders of the first evangelical Christian school in the city of La Vega. Currently, 465 children are attending this attractive campus. 150 of these children would not have an opportunity of receiving a quality private school education if not for the sponsorship program that they have developed. Currently, they are also involved in three different Haitian school projects and two remedial learning programs. Impacting the lives of young children is a priority for them. Every year, they are host to the series of youth concerts known as Unidos por El, United for Him. Over 2,000 youth gather to hear the various national artists and conference speakers who lead them in worship and celebration. This event is a Christian alternative for youth to carnival celebrations in the city. The Martinez have also hosted many ministry and construction teams. Mitch has been involved in over 30 construction projects in the country, including most recently the Ranchito Church Project, the Rose of Sharon Christian Education Center, and the multi-purpose basketball court at La Vega Christian School. Finding generous donors and the willing teams to help with these projects is a key to the success this ministry is having. There are still unfinished projects that need your help today. Will you consider partnering with them and the Ministry of Arms Around the World to make a difference in these young lives? Los Dominicanos te esperan. The Dominican people are waiting for you. I bless you all. Amen. It's a pleasure for us to be here, having been visited by various teams in the past three years from this church. And this is our first opportunity to actually come and be with you here. And uh, uh, we, we didn't know that we would get uh, such a cool welcome, though. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is still thawing out. <laughs> Listen, I, as I was sitting there, I really uh, felt the Lord saying that, you know, he, can, he wants to use you, and he can use anyone. And, you know, this video, I sat back, and I was thinking about it before it was shown, and, and I was thinking, uh, you know, we, we're looking back now at this. We're getting ready to go back for another four-year stretch, but... You know, God has done way out of proportion to what we expected. You know, our hearts were to go over there and try to make a difference in the village, and uh, and God just continues to expand that and push it forward. And I'm going to share, since this is the first time that we have been here at this church, uh, 
I want to share a little bit of how we got to the Dominican Republic. We planted a Spanish church in Columbia, South Carolina. No, not too many South Carolinians here. Where are y'all? <laughs> but uh, we were working in this Spanish church when we had an evangelist from Greenville, South Carolina, who invited us to come as interpreters to the Dominican Republic. And, uh, you know, we, we, they actually paid our way to, be, to come as interpreters for their team, for their evangelistic team. And when we were there, they said, well, we've got interpreters, so now you're going to have to minister. So, <laughs> so they put us to preaching. They separated us and put us both, both to preaching in different places. But by the end of the week, uh, I remember especially one, one uh, thing stands out in my mind. Two little shoeshine boys that came up to us in a park. And, uh, you know, I thought they were going to ask me if I wanted my shoes shined. But the little boy says, uh, you're an evangelical. You need to understand, Latin America, anybody who's not Catholic is an evangelical. <laughs> Whether you're, you could be Jehovah Witness, you're an evangelical to them. <laughs> you know? But uh, he said, and we have a question for you. Uh, some people are saying that the Lord is coming soon. Is this true? These are two little kids. They're like nine, ten years old, you know. And, uh, and so I sat with them and I explained, you know, nobody knows the day or the hour, you know, but he is coming back. And then, you know, uh, have you guys given your hearts to the Lord? And these little kids said, no. And they said, would you like to? And it was just as simple as that. You know, I led them in a prayer. And then at that moment, it was like God said, it is harvest time in this country. It is harvest time. And I'm looking for workers. And, you know, this is a big, I know, a big farming area and stuff. And the farmers know that when it's harvest time, that means that it's time to pick, you know, trying to bring the, the seed in because the, temper, the, the time will pass. And they may not be as receptive in the future. And so... You know, we just really felt that in our hearts. I shared it with Debbie. And that was like in September that we had gone. And we began immediately to plan to return as missionaries to the Dominican Republic. And we, we went to our missions department. And we had five kids from ages 13 to three years old. And uh, they looked at us kind of, you know, that's, that's going to be pretty difficult. And we had a teenager that's, you know, this, at that time, they had restrictions on the missionaries. They were stronger than they are now. And we were kind of discouraged from going out. And uh, so we went to our district superintendent and told him, we still have to do what God's putting on our hearts, so we're going to go. You know, with, with or without the approval of Springfield, we're going to go. And uh, our superintendent was very patient with us. And he says, well, you can be South Carolina missionaries, whatever that is. <laughs> you know? And so, uh, so he gave us permission to go in our district and uh, try to raise support. And we raised our own budget. And we found ourselves in July. That was September. By July, we, we chartered a nine-passenger plane with our kids, with all our baggage, and flew into the airport at Santiago, which is about a half hour from where we would be working. We've always worked in La Vega. And so this was like, a, you know, uh, our introduction to missions. And we weren't sure what we would be doing. We were there two months. Uh, I was, Debbie was able to get a job at an American school there. She was an educator, a teacher, still is. 
And then I was able to, uh, I had been asked to oversee a retreat center that was there in La Vega. And so, you know, this is what we were doing, but my son's birthday came around, and I'm really getting you now to where we started, okay? <laughs> and so we weren't sure what God wanted us to do. We were church planters. We planted that Spanish church. We had that in our hearts. And it was my son's birthday, and we wanted to get a uh, present for him, and he had wanted a goat. Well, we've been told a lot of bad things about goats, so... We were able to persuade him to get rabbits instead. You could have a multi-level building for them, you know, and really make some good income with rabbits. And so I found myself uh, driving out of La Vega into a little town called Soto, where I was told that there was somebody who sold rabbits down that road. And, you know, it's just a little town with one road going through it. And I'm driving down asking people, where's the rabbits? And as I'm going, I'm noticing that there are... I haven't seen a church. There are 5,000 people in this town. And as I ask, the only thing I got, the only reply positive I got was there used to be people that met in a building. And they, uh, the, there was a flooding in that town, and they never came back. Can you imagine a town here with 5,000 people and no church? Later we found out there are 6,000 towns and villages in the Dominican Republic that have no church. So... You know, we didn't know that then at the time. But by the time I found those rabbits uh, and got back to the house, the Lord had laid it on my heart. Something needs to be done. Here's a town without a church. And so the next week, I went out with a friend of mine on little motorcycles, some 125 trail bike. And we went out there running through that town again. And this time we were looking for a place to meet. And we passed a bar. And the name of the bar was The Goat. I don't know why this appears in this message. That was the name of the town. Uh, the bar, I mean. It was called The Goat. It had a big sign with a big goat on it, you know. And I said to my friend, a Dominican friend who was with me, I said, what about that place? Could we meet in there? He goes, what? A church in a bar? No, that's not going to work. So we kept driving on. But on our way back, the owner of the bar, Jose Cáceres, he's a big guy. He's standing in Waving us over, you know? Uh, and uh, so we pull up, you know, and he says, he says, what are you guys looking for? And I said, well, we're evangelicals, and we're looking for a place where we can meet, where we can hold services. And he says, well, you can rent this place for a small fee. <laughs> you know, it wasn't too bad. It was about $80 a month to rent it, and we rented it two nights a week. And I wish you could see this, because this is, a, this is how we started. We come into the bar about 6.30, and Jose is running off all his clients. He said, you guys have to go. The evangelicals are coming. You know? And he's got little round tables, you know, there, and he's picking them up and putting them in the back room, and he's taking all the little chairs and lining them up, and I brought a little pulpit, and he sets that up, and then uh, as we're ready to start, starting to get dark, he goes to the back room, and he gets the light bulbs from the back room, and he starts putting those in, because in that neighborhood, you don't leave your light bulbs out at night where people can get to them. It's an open area. The bar was an open area. It just had a big tree with a metal roof. The tree was going through the middle of the roof, you know, and, uh, and so that's how we started. We started preaching and sharing the gospel. Oh, if you could look behind me, there would be this big sign that said Presidente. Presidente, if you know anything about the Dominican Republic, is the number one beer. 
Presidente, <laughs> you know, this big sign. I wish I had photos of that. <laughs> but we were there, and uh, first the children began to come, you know, and, and then some of the parents began to come. And I remember one day a lady stood up, and she says, she says, I want to let you know that I'm here to check on my daughters, but I'm not one of you. And she sat down, okay, okay, you know. Then you can imagine our joy a couple months later when she stood up and she said, I, I want to let you know that I am one of you now. And she says, Maria, affectionately called Boba, is, uh, is now the, her daughter married the current pastor of that church. She's still there. She's a column, a prayer warrior, always asks me for tracks when I come, if we have any tracks, you know. So we got, we got started there in that church. That's how we started. We had a, a couple, young couple, that moved away after we were only there four months to another village, and they were insisting that we come and, and hold Bible study, and we resisted. And as, as uh, finally they, he pinned me down, what are you doing Monday? And uh, I had something to do. You know, what about Tuesday? I, I couldn't give an excuse, so I had to go, you know. So I go to the Bible study, and they have a house that they're building. And over there, if you go, those of you that have been there, you notice a lot of homes that are, like, not finished, you know. And that's what they had. They had just two bedrooms up on their house. You know, over there, you save up your money, buy the blocks, and then buy cement, and little by little. You can't finance over 20% interest a year. So there are no long mortgages like you have here. Everything is very short, three to five years maybe. But So they're building this, and we come, and they have already uh, filled their, one of the bedrooms is their living room, <laughs> and they have filled it with people. There's about 12 to 14 people there. And, you know, we gave a short Bible study, talked, used the Gospel of John, and at the end we asked prayer for the sick. And two men, uh, two ladies left, I didn't know why. Later I realized it's because the men were at home watching the homes. They don't have very good locks on the doors, and they protect their homes. But these two men were sent by their wives to be prayed for. And, uh, you know, uh, one had ear problems. The other one headaches. Had, he was a truck driver, couldn't drive for a couple months. We prayed for them. I had even the people there come with us. I said, you know, the Bible says if you believe, you know, the, those that believe they lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I just, you know, included them there. We prayed for them. They were healed instantly. Instantly. And Teofilo, Teofilo, who is the, the fellow who invited us there, he says, are you coming next week? You know, of course, we got to come next week. Well, we came next week. I'm going through this fast. We came next week. The, the, the actual living room was outside. It was a wall that was only three, four foot high. It wasn't finished. But he had borrowed the dining room chairs from his neighbors and lined them all up and brought a little table out so I could preach. And there were, you know, I don't know, maybe 20, 25 people there sitting there waiting for me to give a Bible study. And as I did, I asked them to accept the Lord. They all raised their hands. And Teofilo came up and said, you're coming next week, aren't you? <laughs> And so that's how we started. We planted about six churches over there and been involved uh, uh, in a lot of construction projects and helping to establish a Bible institute in La Vega. And you know what? But we had no idea this was going to happen. 
I think somebody up here shared about stepping out. I think it was the pastor's wife. About stepping out, doing what God's called you to do. And, uh, you know, not holding back. And I want to encourage you to do that because uh, God can use you. He can use you if you're willing to be used by him. We so much appreciate on that video. That video is actually two years old. Okay, we don't have a lot of videos, so you know, so <laughs> it's two years old. But because we should have added, you know, some of the projects you guys have worked on in Las Terrenas, a wonderful uh, church there, and uh, you guys added a Sunday school. You know, a lot of the churches there don't have the vision for the children. You know, they just don't have that vision. And if they did, you know, they don't have the facilities. They barely put up a building. There's hardly any land around it, you know. And uh, so you guys are helping to plant the vision to reaching out to children when you help with those Sunday school facilities. In Villa Rosa, when we weren't there, we were on furlough the first year the church came. That's also an addition, an educational second story. And it is finished now. Other teams have come and they finished that. And it's being used it may be used for the Bible Institute. It may be moved over there in the future to that facility. But, you know, these are important things. We appreciate that this church has had the burden, the vision, and willingness to help with these kind of projects. In the last term, God began to change our, our ministry a little bit. And I'd like Debbie to come up and share a little bit about uh, what's been happening there. Dios le bendiga. You're supposed to say amen. Okay. Bonjour, venue. That's God bless you in Creole. Something we, had, we learned new. You know, I had to die to something myself. Our last term, we, we, we just got back from furlough, and I was going over to visit Carmen, my, one of my friends. She's a pastor's wife. And on the way over there, I'm bouncing through all the holes. We got a pickup truck, a stick shift. And, I'm, and as I'm going, I'm thinking, wow, there sure are a lot of Haitians in the street. And God spoke to me right then and there, and he said, the immigration issue is the government's concern. It's your job to love your neighbor. I go, I just felt like I'm slapped upside the head kind of by God. And I realized at that moment that I had that, this little prejudice kind of that some of the Dominicans have against the Haitians. I had let that creep up on myself, and I didn't really seem to care about the Haitians at that time. And I had to repent right then and there. And I thought, wow, God, what, what do you have? Like, what, what are you supposed to do? So I go to my friend Carmen's house, and her beautiful little daughters are playing with two little Haitian neighbors, Pamela and Losita. And I said, girls, so where are you going to school? And uh, they said, well, we don't have any school to go to. And that just kind of broke my heart right then and there. I said, well, how, how can you not have a school? I said, well, there was a missionary here. And I remember that Sheila had been there and started a little, a little uh, school in her home, but she had gone back to the States. And so now these girls were out where they were, they had nowhere to go. And I don't know about you, but I want, wouldn't want that for my kids or my grandkids to not have a place to go to school. So we, um, we spoke to a pastor in town. He said, we want to help you. And then we started helping him build this place. And actually on the day we had the inauguration, I just had to sit in the corner. I couldn't even smile because it was just kind of most awful little place. It's it's way worse than any of your garages out back, even if you got a 100-year-old house. It's just, it's just this little building we put up for them. And um, he said, Deborah, don't be sad. This is like a piece of heaven for them. I said, yeah? He says, yeah, because even though the building's not great, 
But still they come here and they learn to read and write and they learn to sing to Jesus, they learn the Bible. This is a piece of heaven for them. And then I felt better. And um, I want to tell you that now we're really taking a step of faith. You know, God calls us to take steps of faith. I just want to tell you a, a verse that when I first went out, you know, we went out with five kids and um, there could be a lot of problems, you know, there could be. And I was just really seeking the Lord, like, what are we going to do, Lord? What are we going to do? I kind of wanted the plan. I want to have the money part all lined up too, you know. But sometimes God doesn't work that way. He wants us to work by faith. The just will walk by faith, the word says. And um, I came upon a scripture we were just talking about last night when, uh, when Paul was knocked, or Saul was knocked off his horse and Jesus spoke to him. And he said, get up and go into the city and I will show you what you should do. And when I read that passage in my Bible that day, getting ready to move over my family, I thought, well, that's what I need to do. I need to get into that city, and God will show us what to do. And that's how it is. It's one step at a time. So um, we've started to partner with other Haitian uh, uh, pastors and teachers. I just want to tell you about this one last thing we did the last week in July before we came back. We had had a team of youth, uh, it was like three young pastors, three youth pastors, all in their 20s, and they brought about 30 kids. And we went to Himabaja where this group came and put a roof on for Pastor Miguelina. And, and they did a VBS there. We painted that inside and out, made that place look beautiful. We, we cut the ribbon, inaugurated it. It was a really thing. And the last day, I had promised Pastor Petit that we would go to his village. Petit means small in French, but he's a big guy. He's kind of like your pastor, big like your pastor. And, very dignified, and, and so we get over there and say, well, we're here, we hit this little building, at 21 chairs in the building, you know, and we're going to have a little VBS with the kids as well. Since you're early, why don't you go around and invite? So we walked around the community, invited people to come back, and we got back to the little church. We had 150 people, okay? So these youth are really great. They had, like, one group out back, and one group was in the church, and had, like, you know, 70 people in the church with the 21 chair. You can just imagine. And then we had another group outside, and we gave them Bible stories, and we sang, and we had Bible verses, and we did a craft, believe it or not. We did two crafts. We did some games, and then we were getting ready to say goodbye to everybody after we prayed, and we start giving out lollipops, and then two boys came in, like, football. They came, and they grabbed that box of lollipops, and they took off running, and that was the end of lollipops. (laughs) But maybe they'll get saved. You never can tell. Um, and at the end, Pastor Petit said, I'd like to speak with the leaders. So we called the leaders over, and he started talking about his community and how he's got such a burden to reach his community. And he wanted to start a school in that facility. And there was all these little kids in the neighborhood that weren't going to school. He says, but, you know, sometimes it's really hard. Because sometimes I can't hardly even get up and preach. But sometimes what I do, what I just sit and preach. Because, you know, when you don't eat, you just get really hungry. And then you're weak, and you just can't do it. But no one really understands that. And we just kind of looked at him. And I, I could tell that. What he had just said had gone over our heads, and we hadn't really understood it. And I'm still, I guess God is calling me to say this because I have to understand this. And I want you to understand that when you give money to missions, it goes a really long way. Okay? Like, Mitch, we ask people to help us in our schools. We're asking for $25 a month to send a child to school. It only costs about $700 to have a whole school. Actually, where Petit is going, I only give them $329 a month, and he's able to pay three, three teachers a small something so that he can have a school in that community. But this is a man that doesn't eat well. We have uh, every day... Every week we get um, emails and um, messages back from the Dominican and stories just like that, people that are in need. I just want to encourage you to, to do what God wants you to do, 
to go where he wants you to go, to not be afraid, to live by faith, to know that where you can't, God can. Amen? Where it seems impossible, that's the kind of jobs God likes to give us so that he can get the glory and not us. Amen? And I want you to, to, just as we serve a faithful God, I want you to be faithful to what God tells you to do. That's what we're trying to do, and that's where God gets the glory when we're faithful. Thank you for allowing us to come. We look forward to tonight and tomorrow. Have a little table out front. We come by and see us and do what God tells you to do. Amen? Thank you. The last team from the church that was with us was able to really uh, work on an addition to the sanctuary, which actually provided a place for the pastor to live, because the pastor was living in the sanctuary under like a tent. You know? And so uh, it was a real answer to her prayers. And uh, I wanted, we, we, you guys weren't able to be there when they inaugurated. They had a ribbon-cutting ceremony there to dedicate the educational wing and the little area where the pastor is living now. And I want the pastor to come up, if you would, and receive part of the ribbon. <laughs> Can we thank Mitch and Debbie this morning for, for their years of service and the way that they've so, uh, sowed the gospel in the Dominican? Can we just thank them this morning? Uh, we, we truly honor you. Um, it's fun to hear the stories because there is. What a great word. Go into the city and I will show you what to do. That's a good word. Um, I, I challenge you. And really what that is is hear from the Lord and respond to him and he'll show up. But we have to take that step of faith. And I believe that's part of what the Lord is speaking this morning. Well, what we're going to do is we're gonna, I'm going to invite the floor host to come. And we're going to take up an offering. An offering for Mitch and Debbie and their work in the Dominican. I'm sure a lot of these funds may go toward the school that they're talking about. And so I'm going to challenge you to give this morning. On your offering envelope, we had a series back in November on the heart of Thanksgiving. And I talked about New Testament givers. There are three levels of giving. There's tithes, there's offerings. I'm going to turn this off to help myself. There we go. Tithes, offerings, and extravagant offerings. And so this isn't a tithe. This is not faith promise, that extravagant offering. What you'll notice on your offering envelope is there is a place for missions. And so that's for today for the Dominican Republic. If you want to write that on there, that's fine. But just know that anything you give in that missions column today, that that's going to the Martinez's and their work in the Dominican. And we want to, as we looked at that scripture in, in Matthew in the Sermon on the Mount, we know that we can pray for a blessing over these resources. And just as Debbie shared, the Lord multiplies those resources. He does. He multiplies it as he has it in the hands of the people that it is given to. And it does. It's incredible how far resources go when the Lord is behind it. And so we're just going to pray a blessing over the resources this morning. So I challenge you, give, give as unto the Lord as we commit to New Testament giving and tithes offerings and extravagant offerings. We know that it will be blessed as it goes to the Dominican this morning. Heavenly Father, we just pray a blessing over the offering today. We pray a blessing over every gift and over every giver. God, we just pray that we would continue to be challenged to fulfill your scriptural mandate. As we look at the New Testament and see that as we have been given much by you, God, God, you gave us your son, you held nothing back. So may we with our very lives hold nothing back. May we be generous givers as well in fulfillment of your great gospel. 
And God, I pray that you would multiply these gifts as they are given. Heavenly Father, we just pray um, a blessing upon these gifts as they go to the Dominican. I pray that they would result in more schools and more students and more teachers. We pray for multiplication today. And Lord, we just pray a blessing over the Martinez home. God, we thank you for their years of service, their dedication to the gospel. They heard you call and they answered and have been faithful. So we just pray a blessing over their home and over their five kids and over their grandkids. Jesus, we just pray uh, that you would continue to bless this church as we purpose ourselves to be a blessing to the nations. We are blessed, truly, Lord, to be a blessing. May we fulfill that psalm. And we just pray these things, Lord, in your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And as you give this morning and that offering bucket passes you by, I just encourage you to stand as we can close out in song this morning.